0: Hello, and welcome to Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyman. Today, I'm with Vince Varga, who is a podcast host of another podcast in Flutter called Flutter 101. I hope I said everything correct. I didn't double check with you. But uh, yeah, everything was
1: correct. (laughs)
0: That's pretty good, though. But uh, why don't you go ahead and quickly introduce yourself. And then we can you can get started with uh, kind of interviewing you.
1: Yeah. uh, So my name is Vince. Um, I'm doing a Flutter podcast, the it's called Flutter One Hundred One. I'm from Hungary and I live in Germany, Munich. Um, and I'm I work as a software developer at MediaMarkt Saturn, and I organize meetups here and things like that um, before COVID hit. But currently, just a software developer and a podcast host, as you mentioned.
0: Yeah. So why don't we kind of start from the beginning, right? So we we always send out a Some questions, right? And I was going through your questions before the episode, and I thought it was quite interesting, right? So you're originally from Hungary, right? So, and it's a small town. You said about 100 kilometers from Budapest.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, So So, I studied there uh, like a high school, uh, like until I was 18, and then went to university in Budapest, Budapest, uh, Budapest, uh, and uh, I studied physics at the university. Um, I didn't I mean I think it was like a sort of like a default choice because I was good at math I was good at physics and I didn't I knew that I don't want to be like an engineer kind of guy um so I thought okay why not physics it sounds interesting um I could be good at it uh because uh like during high school I was good at it without I don't know, really even trying um and I thought okay it It will be easy to do the same at the university, and I was uh, pretty wrong uh, at the university. Like it was much, uh, much more difficult uh, to keep up, and I was. I think back then I also didn't really develop my work ethic, and I I was just. I think it. It's kind of silly, but I I I was just surprised that, wow, I should be studying here to be, like I don't know, just to to be good. So um, yeah, I studied physics, but uh, what I really liked is that we had a lot of coding. um, So we had to code, we we started with C and then we had to code in probably, I don't even remember all the languages that we used uh, in different courses. Uh, I don't know, MATLAB, IDL, um, Fortran, C-sharp, Java. We we used all of those uh, here and there and C++, Kudasi and and we had to learn these things. Uh, We had a lot of like simulations um, or computations um, and things like that, Um, but we didn't, like they didn't teach us how to develop, I don't know, scalable software or they didn't teach us about software design. Um, But uh, I I think I'm like, if I look back, I'm really happy that I had some uh, coding there because it really let me switch uh, from physics to software development in basically in a matter in a matter of months, uh, because I already knew how to code, uh, more or less. Um, I just had to learn, uh, JavaScript and CSS, HTML. This is how I started. So, um, I kind of realized that I don't want to be a physicist and I I think I didn't really sit down and think what should I do. Instead, I just started uh, programming. I uh, I registered for Team Treehouse, and basically I was at home the whole day. I was watching their to I was watching their videos. I don't know for weeks, uh, maybe even months, just the whole day, and uh, and I, I I picked up JavaScript, uh, CSS, HTML there. And then I applied for an internship uh, here in Germany, Munich. Um, And yeah, this is more or less how I got started.
0: Okay. I'm I'm kind of curious, Double. why, Why did you decide you don't want to be a physicist anymore? I mean, I think it's kind of difficult, right? For me, when I did physics in school, like I always forgot certain things. I'm pretty good at math, I think. Uh, but then, like, I always forgot, like, drag or something, like, you know, obviously gravity or something like that that always kind of messed up my formulas when I was trying to calculate things. Like, well, you know, what what was it that you made you decide, okay, maybe this is not for me anymore?
1: Um, I think there are many contributing factors. So uh, one thing that I think just I have to be honest with myself, I wasn't so good at it uh, as the others. And I think it's a very like a competitive field. So it's. I, I think it's not worth being bad at it. Um, and there are also other factors that if you, maybe you pick your uh, field that you really want to focus on, then you can only go to a couple of countries if you really want to be successful um, at, in that field. Uh, because there are maybe, um, if you pick one field, then there are only a couple of sites that are really doing it well. Um, and also, again, like, it's not as easy. I mean, it's not impossible to find a job as a physicist, but it's uh, much easier to, I don't know, move to different countries and find a job basically in a matter of weeks if you are a software developer, I, in in my opinion. So with physics, it's not the same. And also, I think um, it's easier to, if you're a software developer, it's easier to kind of shift around maybe uh you could be like switch technologies you could even switch uh maybe to product owner one day and maybe you could be a good product owner you could start your own business um and things like that and i think it's just not the same with physics
0: that that makes sense yeah i find a lot of people who did physics also end up in programming and, and especially analysts and things like that uh i think i work with one guy who studied physics and but he's uh he writes strategies for trading right now, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I never really understood why why physics and programming came together. Like I said, I did physics in high school, actually, not in college. So uh, I'm just trying to figure out, like, is there really so much programming in physics that you guys actually took the time to to write code? I mean, you're just running simulations, or what, what were you doing with it?
1: Yeah, most of the time. So, I mean, it's not it's not for every physicist. Um, so you can do physics without doing much programming. So that's also true. Uh, but. Uh, you need to analyze data, or you need to run simulations, then you need to write your simulations, then probably you need to analyze those simulations as well, or even just measurements like physical uh, experiments, uh, then in the end, you need to uh, basically uh, analyze your data and figure out uh, like the based on the raw data, what's uh, what you are measuring. um, And I think well, like most of the time, you use uh, computers for that, and uh, so so there is a, a lot. I think a lot of programming uh, that you need to do if you if you are a physicist. I mean, most of the time, of course, you can pick uh, a different, like a, a field where you don't need much programming. Um, but I think for for the most part, it's it's very common that you need to run some simulations and then analyze that data uh, in the end and for both parts, um, you need programming.
0: So was your first time programming was that actually with your physics class or was it something before that? So you had some ideas before then or,
1: um, well, I, I think, uh, I don't know if HTML, CSS counts. Uh, so when I was, I think young, uh, like I was probably around 12 years old or, uh, I don't remember exactly when, but my, uh, my mom thought that, oh, why don't you learn HTML, CSS? You, you like computers. Um, you you are good at these things. Uh, and I went to a course with, uh, I think, HTML, CSS. We didn't start uh, JavaScript yet. Um, so that was around when I was, I think, 12. Um, but then I didn't really do much programming until university. And at the university, um, we started with C and then like the first, in the first year I failed, uh, the class because I just, that was the only class I, I failed, uh, at that semester. And I, I just, it was just so frustrating to me that, okay, why do I need double quotes, uh, why do I need the semicolons, Uh, why do I need all, all, all this, all these things, uh, and the next year, um, I actually just sit down and learned it and then I started to like it. Uh, so the first year I failed. Um it was frustrating. And the second year when I retake uh that exam I I don't I, I really prepared and I really nailed it and then I started to enjoy it more. And yeah, yeah.
0: So you actually enjoy writing C? Is that is that actually normal? <laughs> I <don't>, no, no. <laughs> I always hear people always complain about C recently. Maybe because I'm too much in the Rust. Well, I'm, I'm really into the Rust community recently, right? And you yeah. always have a lot of people. I think the communities I'm mostly involved in recently is like Rust, uh, obviously Dart Flutter, uh, and some Python recently. And those guys are all very big against C. So it's interesting to hear people say, oh, I started to actually like C. Yeah, I, I, I think it
1: was like eight years ago <laughs> when uh, that was the only programming language I knew. Uh, so I, 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 I mean, and, and we didn't really build anything like a real word application. So we were working with, I don't know, data structures, algorithms. And I think for those, I think C is more or less, I mean, it's similar enough. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to work in a C, uh, job, uh, today and yeah i i find i find also rust very interesting so that that would be my last uh, my next language i want to learn more about uh, because I, I think it it looks you know really promising um yeah so
0: did you see our last episode that just got released this week or listen to it um, i didn't actually listen had somebody to, on to who all of did it a lot oh, of stuff with rust okay mhm no, yeah, sorry. I was just going to tell stop. you that we we did something with Rust and Flutter, and that's that's the most popular episode so far. Like it's exceeded all other episodes in terms of both the podcast and the YouTube channel. Oh, okay, uh, I was just curious if you, s- if you took took it some time to listen or watch it.
1: I didn't watch all of it. Uh, I'm I think like a- around thirty minutes in, um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good episode. And I also I also really liked your episode with uh, the Casper uh, Ka- Lund. Um, I think it it was very interesting and um also yeah um i I listen to your podcasts and I, I really like the episodes and yeah basically also why the reason why i i started uh recording my podcasts uh because i like i i run a lot and i like the only thing that you can do to learn while you are running is basically listen to podcasts or audio books and i I listen to podcasts a lot, and I uh, really listen to the um, It's All Widgets podcast with Hila Koren, and I was, I don't know, always so sad when there was no new episode that I could listen to, um, and now I'm really glad that you are also doing the podcast, and I can listen to those episodes as well, and I don't need to always listen to, I don't know, JavaScript podcasts or <laughs> Python or Java podcasts, uh, and it's good to listen to other Flutter podcast as well, so I'm glad you are doing it as well.
0: Yeah, I think we, we when we connected a while back, right? I, I kind of you, you actually already knew that we were coming out with something, right? Because you're listening to another podcast, right? So yes, you're like, oh, yeah. you're the guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, th- to be honest, I had no intention of ever creating a podcast, but I was in a similar boat as you were, like. I was hooked on It's All Widgets podcast with Hillel, and um, he just wasn't releasing anything, and I was a little bit bummed about that, and uh, I kept looking, but I wasn't looking every day, right? I kept looking. I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not a hot topic like other, other kind of podcasts, so when I saw... That you had one I was like, okay great, I'm not the only one and and uh the one thing I really love about your show is I love the sound effect of the typing that's uh one of my favorite parts this i have my i have, I have a mechanical keyboard f- i say, I have a mechanical keyboard myself, yeah, so did you record that yourself or was that some something you found online
1: uh I recorded myself and I also kind of wanted to do like a s m r videos uh so um yeah, I recorded myself. I I think it's an N Pro too, um, but yeah, I think uh, the clicky switches are. I don't. I I like to listen to them, uh, and I I didn't want to add like a, a a music because I I actually didn't want to spend too much time uh, picking the right music, and I thought like anything I pick I will hate it probably in three months, and I would need to clear like the. Uh, the licenses and everything. And then I thought, okay, I could save myself some time and just record the keyboard noise. And I think it was, yeah, it's, I'm glad you liked it.
0: Yeah, I, I like the fact that it's like a transition in between. That's kind of cool. Um, so I, I I wish, you know, we're, 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 I think you and I are both beginners over here, right? There's some things I can pick up from you. Um, you know, you're, you're, Well, I'm not necessarily by myself, but you know, um, I think we're still pretty bare bones, and we're all beginning at this one, right? So it's a lot to learn from both sides. Um, But yeah, sorry. Let's let's kind of go back to the the stream. Like, there's we don't want to get too much talking about podcasts, right? (laughs) This is not a show about podcasts, but uh, yeah, I'm still interested. Like, okay, so you study physics. You said it's not for you. I totally understand. So many people are like that. Like, I knew a guy who was studying CS for like three years, and then one day he's like, you know what? I want to be a doctor. MD. Oh, okay, so then you switch to to med, right? It just happens, and that's fine. So you you start going to Team Treehouse. Like, why did you pick that one? Because there's actually, I mean, I don't know when this was, right? Because obviously nowadays it seems like YouTube is flooded with stuff, and same with Udemy and Coursera, all these other ones. Uh, why did you pick Treehouse? And do they also have something with Flutter, or, or you're just
1: is oh, there no. something in particular? Um, in no, Treehouse
0: it... that you really want to learn?
1: I'm I'm not sure. So I didn't. So I listened to YouTube videos as, or I watched YouTube videos as well, but I thought that like, I think it's not as easy to learn on YouTube because they repeat a lot of uh, a lot of stuff often. Uh, if you don't find like one very good creator that covers everything and I don't know, publishes their course on YouTube, then that's probably good enough. Um, but if you just want to look things up, I think, you will listen to the same things a lot of times and uh with i'm not sure why i picked team treehouse um but i really liked uh the fact that they had these tracks and then you you basically learn very efficiently because they thought about how to put uh like how to uh group the courses together and then you could uh, really just sit down listen and i don't know 8 hours later you 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 would know a lot of things and you didn't need to listen to the same things over and over again. Um, So I really liked that. And they also had like, um, so I don't use them uh, anymore, uh, but back then they also had this live, like this coding, like this tiny integrated uh, IDE sort of thing. Uh, So you could uh, run the code there in the browser. So you, you didn't need to set up everything. So that was also nice. Um, and I think just the quality, the quality of the videos were, um, very good. Um, and I, I think they really thought about like in these tracks. So I, I think even if you go to other, um, other websites, then most of the time it's just one short course, um, or maybe a longer course. But uh, if you like, then you need to think more about which courses to take. Um, and I think it's, as a beginner, I think it's not easy to decide what to learn. And that's why I, I thought it was, uh, very useful for Team Treehouse to basically list, like give me a big list that I need to learn and that's it. Uh, so I didn't need to do research. And I think as a beginner, it's so hard to figure out what you need to learn. So, um, so basically that's why I started with Team Treehouse.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I find a lot of people actually are looking for tracks, right? I, I see a lot of people. I kind of hang out in uh, the Flutter Facebook groups and see kind of what people are talking about. But um, people are always asking, you know, what should I learn next? What should I learn next? But to me, the way I learn is like, I have a project um, and, or I try to make a project towards that. So then I say, okay, how can I do the next step? Um, I think you mentioned in your in your notes, and, and I totally agree with it, is that Uh, You know, once you learn a couple of languages, at least one language, and you kind of know, okay, how do I do a loop in this this next language, or how do I do this in the language? And then you can kind of figure out the next language. The only thing that you're missing is like, you know, how do Pythonists write Python rather than, you know, know, how does it... Because I can look at Python. Like, I remember when I worked in a bank and my boss is a very big Java guy, and I looked at the Python code and I said, this stuff looks like Java. And I said, did you write this? He said, yeah. How did you know? I said, because it looks like Java. So I knew it wasn't... Wasn't real Python code. He's like, ah, oh, I don't follow the peppy, you know. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I. Sorry, you're I, gonna say something. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, yes. So I I also do it like you said. Uh, that you pick a maybe like a project or, uh, but I, I think for a beginner it's, I think, I don't know. I I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't recommend it for beginners. Uh, that way because th- there are like the. Once you know the basics, that's I think that's the best way uh, to pick some problem that you want to solve, um, and just as you solve the problems, you also trying to uh, try to I don't know, figure out what's the right way, and also what you mentioned with I think idiomatic code. I think it's also important to look at other people's code uh, so that you don't write Java except like in Python. Or I, I think it's like this Java. Like it's very, it's very easy to recognize where people come from, and I, I think like Java, like people with uh, good Java experience, when they come to JavaScript or Python, you can see <laughs> immediately that okay, this is um, this is not from an experienced Python developer because it's it looks like Java except it's written in Python. So I, I think um, it happens very often.
0: I mean, for me, like at least you have to try to understand the this the basics or the most important parts of the language, right? So, uh, you know, talking about this kind of stuff, we, again, when I was in the bank, like the the guy, my manager basically started up the entire project himself, both the front and back end. Um, and they were using React, right? And the reason that they use React in Java is because everybody else is using React in Java. So the kind of, the, the bad part of that is that you need to actually understand React and Java to to use it properly. This guy has been using. I don't want to talk about him for so much, but he's kind of a weird guy. His history: like he was a actor turned communist politician, turned uh, Java developer, turned all kind of stuff. Anyways, but a little bit of a Renaissance guy. Any, anyways, he um, he wrote his React code so badly that to render two hundred rows in a table took about thirty seconds. Wow. Which even I, in writing server-side in code itself. is uh, really difficult to do, <laughs> even with Python or something kind of slower language.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah but uh, yeah, so I had to go through and figure out what's going on. And I had to basically, well, they they think they kind of misunderstood what it means by one-way data flow. I think it was like two-way or 10-way data flow. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what happened, but I had to go through and rewrite the entire thing. Um, but yeah, so like for me, uh, you know, I try to learn at least what is the, the specifics, right? So I can do this properly. And sometimes I need that kind of 30 second, 200 rows thing, like, because it took a while for me to understand, okay, I need to keep my state changes very small or else I'll re-render the entire tree and that could be danger for Flutter, right? Yeah. So that definitely was a wake-up call.
1: Yeah, I I think it's, uh, like, when you, I think when you learn a new language, you, I mean, of course, it's easy to understand, but you also shouldn't underestimate like the changes between different languages um f- one example for that uh, i think i, I work for a, a startup company and they somehow for some reason they always every new project we had they picked a new language so we uh, we had so many languages there um, and everyone was so proud of themselves that okay we are um like um we use any we use always the best tool that we uh, need to use and we we can learn any any language we want to and then the the guy just spent like two days uh, in a javascript bug because he didn't even know that in javascript you have like the double equals or and, and triple equals and i i think that's why people I, when you learn a new language you need to kind of start with a, a bit of humility and try to learn it well um, and just not underestimate that it's still a new language and you still need to learn its quirks and I, I think also like with javascript like there is a whole book about how you don't know javascript which is in my opinion is just full of examples that can bite you uh, in the ass and um, can really make your life miserable like it's basically I, I think in my opinion it's a book about unexpected behavior, like books, uh, about unexpected behavior in, um, JavaScript. And and the book is great and, uh, I recommend it. Um, but like just to demonstrate how much you need to learn if you pick up a new language. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's important not to underestimate that. And also if you are a JavaScript developer, I think every coding interview is Uh, like every coding interview question is about this. Uh, you don't know JavaScript. Uh, you don't know JS, uh, book and, uh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Is that the book by Kyle Simpson? Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Okay. Just want to make sure I might put a link to that. People may be interested because I know I definitely don't know JavaScript. Uh, I'm always a little bit surprised that nobody because there's a lot of people who love JavaScript, right? But Mm -hmm. people don't think I just remember the book called um, JavaScript, the good parts. If you have a book, if you have one called the good parts, then that must mean there's a lot of bad parts if you have to make a book just about the good parts.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I I think it's like a a very, (laughs) very thin book. Like, um, yeah, I I, I love that picture. They, I think um, they put next to each other the JavaScript good parts book. And I don't know, JavaScript, I don't remember the the name of that book, Uh, like JavaScript essentials or fundamentals. And there is the, the, basically the good parts is like super thin. And the other one is like, I don't know, 600 pages, like this huge book. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, uh, dislike, uh, JavaScript because in the end, I, I think it's a very important language and you like that's the language that you can, I think, use in browsers. Of course, there are now other um, alternatives as well, but I think like the web browser is just so important that if you want to, I don't, I, I think the, stale the web platform is very important and um, then you, you just need to learn JavaScript. I mean, of course you can do WebAssembly and things like that, but I think they are not as good yet as uh, like the different JavaScript framework, frameworks, and also the ecosystem is not there yet, um, which doesn't mean you shouldn't learn WebAssembly or try to uh, do that. But um, I think like JavaScript is just so, I think so important um, still.
0: I'm of a kind of a different opinion. Where yeah, I think you you will always probably need some JavaScript glue to kind of get things kickstarted. But I think there's always going to be. You know, there, with WebAssembly kind of moving forward, right, I think that people are just going to abandon JavaScript for eventually. Um, I don't know. It'll never go away because there's so much stuff written in JavaScript that you can, it's like COBOL. The stuff is always still around since forever. It never goes away. But there will be less and less new things kind of written in it. I think what you can do with WebAssembly nowadays where people are actually just writing a whole app, compiling it to WebAssembly and running it in like Kubernetes or on the edge, right, that yeah, I, I just find it hard to believe that people are just going to stick around with JavaScript because it's got too many weird quirks. And that's because it has to, it's like Java, right? It has to be backwards compatible for quite some time for otherwise, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be painful. Um, <coughs> sorry, can you yeah. say something?
1: Yeah, I, I can also say that, but I think it's just a question of timeline. Uh, so I think probably JavaScript will be less and less important, but. It, I mean, like, the question is how uh, quickly it will fade away and, like, what replaces it. Um, so I I think I, I agree with you, but also at the same time, like, the timeline, I think, is just so long that I think by the time JavaScript will not, like, I think it will stay important for a very long time.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I also agree with you on that one. Uh, I'm just hoping like, uh, luckily I, I, with other technologies that I have, especially Flutter, I don't need to write JavaScript. I haven't touched JavaScript in, wow, I think it's been a year and I think I've actually started growing back hair cause uh, not back hair, but growing hair back on my head because, uh, sometimes it's so stressful, right? The triple equals, double equals, and then the other weird stuff that comes in there. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: All right. So you, you did team Treehouse. you, um, you kind of went through everything. No, I think this is a good question because uh, like, again, I've seen these groups, people are learning Flutter and they kind of want to know, like, how much should they know until they can get hired and how long can it take some time? Like, how long after you took team, took to the tracks or Team Treehouse that you were actually able to secure a job? Because I think right from Team Treehouse, then you actually found a job. Uh, is that directly in Munich or was it something locally first or what happened?
1: Um. So what happened is I was studying uh, Team Treehouse, I think, like one or one month or two months, more or less. I think one month. What well, that was like a very, I don't know, uh, very intense, uh, very uh, where I learned a lot. And then I, I could only find an internship actually. So I mean, I I, I wasn't like full hundred percent job ready. Mm, I could find an internship um, that paid like a little. So um, it didn't pay well, but um, I mean, I mean, it, it was fine to get started. And I, I think it was like one or two months. Um, and like at the interview, I think they, uh, kind of like there, there were a lot of things that, I mean, so they hired for an intern position, so they weren't so strict about things. They just like, there, there were so many things that I didn't know well, um, that I think are pretty basic. Um, but I think what's important is that you, if you want to find a job, uh, just don't wait too long um, if you and, of course, it's always good to know your level. So don't apply for, I don't know, CTO position if you uh, code it a month at home on Team Treehouse, uh, but for an internship, it was enough. Um, and I think then um, it was like a very good um, learning experience um, because it was like a middle sized uh, startup company. Um, I think now they are uh, much bigger, uh, but back then I could uh, sit next to the founder, um, and he was really just, I don't know, helping me or paying attention to what I do, and he was, you know, um, so I don't know. So I think real world like experience helps a lot, um, and um, I think it really helped me get my next job um, a couple of months later. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think a couple of I mean, of course, it depends. Um, If you didn't code before, probably you you will need more time because I remember like the first time I coded at the university and we, I think we like built like these pyramids or like um, these uh, Christmas trees with like, I I don't know, like these asterisks uh, and characters to practice for loops. Um, It was like, I don't know, it was difficult for the first time. But when I wanted to switch to software development, I already knew all of this, so I just had to learn like the like one technology that um, uh, like HTML, CSS, uh, JavaScript. I mean, it's three different technologies, but um, like uh, web development, I had to learn web development. And once that was once I learned that, I applied for an internship. The interview didn't go too well, but they decided to hire me. And also, I think it's, it comes down to like small things. I remember they were kind of surprised that I had like a GitHub account and that like they were happy that I wrote like very clear commit messages. <laughs> um, and so they, they were ready to, I don't know, accept some things that I didn't do well because they saw the, I don't know, the potential or they, they saw that I'm not a, I don't know, complete, uh, complete idiot uh, and, that I I'm able to learn. So yeah, I think. uh, And yeah, the internship was very uh, good. Uh, I I built so many things and I could see how Scrum works, um, how the dailies work um, and just pick up how, I don't know, people work together because I think that this is also another important thing that you need to learn is to how to work with other people, how to not make their lives miserable, how to not take things too seriously um, because I, I think in the end like uh, back then like during my career I had this very I was sometimes so frustrated with things that matter so little and uh, I think that's also that makes other people's lives but be- like worse <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's also kind of like a skill to learn how to accept decisions that you don't agree with. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, um Yeah.
0: No, actually, I would like uh, to kind of go back, right, you said your interview didn't go too well, I would kind of like to hear about why you think your interview didn't go too well, but then also why you think that they still decided to give you a shot? Because that's, it's a huge thing. Because people I mean, I just had an interview with the guy on Friday. It was definitely difficult and the part of that was difficult was that um so I, I think you you know and people i think the audience definitely knows i'm living in hong kong so right so uh, obviously english is not their their first language not your first language either same with germany i think german germans they don't generally have the. they're not so fluent in english as other places maybe especially like holland i think but hungary's got quite a good english i think uh, okay. but but in any case um we that a lot of, Hung, a lot of hungarians have meet they speak perfect english at least perfect american style i, I didn't even know they're hungarian uh, but maybe that depends on who they are. But uh, anyways, come, going back to the main topic, right? We had this interview and I had the worst time trying to communicate with, with this guy. And I tried to to just talk it up to, okay, you know, maybe it just, it's just a language problem, right? Because he's native from Hong Kong. His language is Cantonese. Um, I had the HR lady next to me uh, who works with me. And I said, hey, why don't, why don't you just try to talk to him and see, you know, ask him this question for me and see what his reply is. But she also couldn't communicate with him. Right. Mm-hmm. So I looked at his his CV and I could see that he knew some things. But um, and he had a really good, interesting background, especially in mobile development, because we still do Flutter apps. But the communication was uh, was really a big issue. And so that's really what kind of took it down. Like that's how we kind of lost out that he couldn't communicate, although he. It looks like from his CV, his experience was really good. What really killed it for him was just uh, communication. Mm. The fact that he couldn't even communicate in his own language was a really big problem. Like, for instance, we would say, you know, like did you eat today? And then he started talking about apples and, and and how he likes to go out for walks. Like, it was like, you know, I'm trying to give you an idea about how he would kind of just go off on a tangent and just keep going out for forever, like a vector, right? Keep going, no end. Um, so that kind of what killed for me. So that, that that's what I kind of judge on. You know, Can I communicate with this guy? He doesn't have to have great English, but at least I can communicate with him or somebody else can. He kind of knows what he's working with. Or if he doesn't even, even if he doesn't know Flutter, is he able to learn it? And also, when he does learn technology, does he actually dig deep into it so he really gets it, like we talked about earlier? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's why I asked, can you maybe talk about what happened with your side? Right?
1: Whew. Um, I don't remember that well. So I think uh, there was like uh, the chat. So I got a coding challenge uh, in the morning. Um, so I spent one day there um, for the interview. Um, before that, I had like a Skype interview. I think that went. Uh, quite well. Um, of course, that interview was, wasn't so um, like technical. Um, yeah, so I think, uh, so I got like a coding challenge. I think it was some kind of, so it's a smart thermostat company, it's called Tado. Um, and I think if I remember correctly, uh, the challenge was some kind of calculation. So with with a slider or something like that. So um, with a couple of parameters, to kind of calculate like the savings that you could achieve with a smart thermostat. Um, I don't know if I I remember correctly, but more or less like you you got like a couple of input fields or sliders, um, and then you had to like live update um, your calculation and your recommendation based on that information. Um, And that was the challenge. And I think, I, I remember that, um, I like, I, so I thought I know enough, uh, to do that. And I actually knew, oh, and one thing that, uh, I think maybe, um, is important that I I was learning, uh, like JavaScript, HTML, CSS, and I learned the challenge was in angular JS and basically I've figured out that the challenge will be in AngularJS like uh, the day before. And uh, so I basically had like, I don't know, like two, three hours learning uh, AngularJS. Mm, so maybe that also explains why I it didn't go too well um, because just things didn't want to like update that should be. And also I, I remember I had to look up, so in JavaScript objects, uh, you have the dot notation Mm, but you also have this uh the this uh, square bracket notation with uh this then you put the uh property name uh, in squ- square brackets and i know that i i was just mixing those in the same line and they asked me okay why do you mix those and i'm like i have no idea <laughs> I, I i was i don't know i was under pressure time pressure i was nervous um i didn't even realize that they mean the same thing um and I was, yeah, um, I think it didn't go too well, uh, but in the end I, I solved the problem. I think, um, um, yeah, I, I I spoke, I think I spoke, like I communicated well enough, uh, well enough. And they, and also I, I think maybe that's why they accepted me because it was an internship and um, they just thought, okay, it's not a big risk. I will be there for three months and if i'm bad like it's not a lot of money for the company or they could also just fire me and i think that's why they didn't maybe they weren't so strict uh, because it was an in- internship so they could just wait the three months and i will be gone anyway um so i, I i'm not sure exactly why they decided to hire me um but actually i mean i solved the challenge um and i think yeah, uh, one thing I wanted to mention I I think is that like learning the like learning English well I think it's quite important because may maybe you don't have like maybe you have great ideas but if you don't if you can't communicate those ideas I think it's almost as if you didn't have those great ideas uh and I I think it's uh, especially I think in Europe like the semi-official, the de facto language uh, for software developers is English. And here we have a lot of people from a lot of different countries. So I think maybe if your uh, accent is not the perfect, is not the best, it's fine. Mm, But I think it's very important to try to always uh, improve your language skills. And yeah, I just wanted to mentioned that that um, and also there are so many great resources available in English. And if I wanted to learn Flutter, and I only spoke Hungarian, then th- I, I would have no chance because there is no, there there are no resources available uh, in Hung- Hungarian, um, or at least not as many as in English. Uh, so I think uh, English is quite important for for us.
0: No, I also think so. I, I feel a little bit kind of bad that I'm a native speaker, and especially most of the of the programming is also, is also actually using American English, right? I see a lot of people actually complaining, how come I can't say background color with a U when I write my CSS? I always mess this up. I'm like, I don't have any problems. I'm good. Uh, why would you add a U? <laughs> That's, so I'm a little bit kind of uh, spoiled in that sense. But I mean, at the same time, it's also interesting... As somebody who lives abroad, and uh, I do study a little bit in in other, and of course, Cantonese and Mandarin, that um, when you start to learn another language, whether it's English or Spanish or whatever, um, you learn more about the culture, right? And you start to kind of understand uh, more about What's going on? I think that's that's also a huge thing, too, especially like if you're, you know, if you're going to be working like in UK, you should definitely learn UK English because there's a lot you can learn. It's not only the words. Right. It's also the style. Again, going back to what we're talking about with Java style, with Python code. If you use American style with UK English, it's going to be a little bit weird. Right. They, They definitely speak differently out there. I don't know if if how it is in Germany, but I'm guessing that they probably also speak UK style English, Uh, but maybe because it's software, they might speak American style where you are. I
1: I think most people speak the American side English. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier and uh, feels more natural. So, and it's like, I, of course we, we kind of mm, adapt to native speakers in our group. So, um, it also happens to me when I speak with people from the UK uh, for a long time that I kind of pick that up. Um, but my default English is sort of like this American English, I think, uh, because it's, it's I don't know, it feels more natural to me. And I'm also basically just the content I watch is um, basically almost exclusively from the US. Um so like, Series, um, Netflix, and uh, YouTube videos. YouTube creators, um, and I think I just listen to more uh, U.S. English uh, material. Um, so,
0: well, I also want to tell everybody uh, in the audience that even for me, I had to actually study English. So let me let me kind of come back to this and tell you what I'm talking about. Before I moved to Hong Kong, I was actually living in Shanghai, China, for about four years or something like that. And it's easy to get around, you know, I can do things. I was already studying Chinese Mandarin in school. so. But once I moved to Hong Kong, I'm not kidding you, I actually downloaded a dictionary for English. I'm not kidding you at all. Because there's so many words here that is from UK that I never knew what it was. Uh, so they talk about like, okay, please alight from the left side or the right side, you know, which way to alight. We never say alight. You say get off. You know, you get off over here. The door will open over here, Right. Um, people over here they talk about you know cheers. I said we're not drinking alcohol. What are you talking about? When they when they say cheers, they're talking about thank you. So it took me even now I still kind of forget these things because yeah, like you said, American kind of media is quite strong, especially in the IT industry. And so I'm lucky that most people are speaking in American English. But there is still quite a few people who did study in the UK. They talk to me and then there's some words I'm like sorry I don't understand what you're talking about. Can you please explain? Or they have, you know, different slang, because in UK they also have their own slang. And I don't know what, they keep talking about taking a piss out of something. It I, I still takes me some time to figure out what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> Maybe you know, I think you know what I'm talking about. you probably heard that before. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's certain slang that I, I still takes me some time to kind of wrap my head around. So, but I, the main reason I'm talking about this is because, you know, don't be worried. Even for me, who's a native English speaker. You will still have issues where you know you don't understand somebody else's English, and it happens, right? Yeah. So take your time. Learning a language, I think, is is similar to learning a language for like programming, right? You need to understand not just the the words and how you translate directly, but also the culture involved too. Yeah. So you, it's very interesting, and it's that's the best part about language is that even a matter of programming or, or speaking, right? It's there's a culture to it and it's very interesting and there's a lot of stuff behind it. And I, I love to, 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 dig into this topic, but yeah, I think we're talking too much about other things <laughs> rather than kind of what we talked about. I have no problem with that, but Me I'm neither. going to kind of try um, to have some kind of. Script.
1: <laughs> you guide the conversation, wherever you want to. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. then, so,
0: okay. So you took the internship and then from there now you're working in, I mean, that's, I you worked in a couple different companies or you just went from internship to where you are right now
1: no i i switched uh, i think i worked for a couple of so i worked for a couple of companies um and yeah so i think i switched around every one or two years uh, so far um and yeah my last two employers were using a uh, flutter um and be- between those i i I worked uh, a bit on the back end. I worked a bit as like a this data engineering uh, kind of guy I I think I I enjoyed that a lot uh, because it it was good because I could use uh, my physics skills uh, or like ma- my math knowledge um, but in in the end I think it was it was not as easy to find good jobs with that um so I kind of just uh, went back to web development, backend, frontend, front-end, and at one company, um, it was like an online therapy um, platform. So what they did is they kind of, uh, they connected therapists and patients. Um, they, they had like this video call platform and also a couple of supporting features like questionnaires for the patients and like messaging uh, between them and scheduling and things like that. And uh, one like, we we were considering uh, building a mobile application um, and we had a hackathon where i knew that i wanted to try flutter because i back then i had been like following flutter like uh, a little bit uh, for years um, and then i thought okay let's let's try this project with flutter and uh, let's try to build uh, this like we had like an internal hackathon uh, where we, had, I don't know, we had pizza and it was like kind of this uh, fun day together where we didn't work on the regular features, but we kind of did this spike where everyone could try their own um, like cross platform or whichever, I mean, it, or native um, um, like a choice. Um, and they, we could all work on a project and I, I s- I decided to use flutter and I think it was just so it felt so, I don't know, good. And I could build so, so much more than the others, um, that I really, I don't know. I, I decided that I want to work with flutter for the next couple of years. I started a meetup group in, in, in Munich because I, I also thought that, uh, it would be good to it would be great to be able to speak to other people who are working with flutter because I, I think that's a really good way to share knowledge or at least to figure out what you don't know because if you there are two people talking uh, about flutter and you cannot follow the conversation uh, then you kind of know what to look up the next time you learn about flutter um, so i started a meetup group and then i switched to uh, a company that um like it it was a buddy of mine we worked together before and they founded a startup company and they needed a f- and they needed a flutter and i i just joined mainly because of that uh because i i wanted to work with flutter of course I also found the project interesting um and yeah um i don't yeah if, if you have any questions or or
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I always find it quite admirable that, you know, people who choose, uh, you know, they choose their job based on the technology they want to work with. Right. It's not, everybody can do that and not everybody does do that. So that's always, it's always good to do, but I mean, after playing with Flutter for some times, yeah, I'm totally in line with you on that part. Um, yeah, that's exactly why we use Flutter over here because I, I like it. Um. I'm always open for the next technology, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to prove it to me, right? That it's really worth it. So, okay. Um, sorry, were you going to say something? Uh, no. Okay. Um, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, I think we're kind of caught up to where you are now. We already have another podcast episode getting recorded after this between you and I now for, for, for your side. Yeah. Um, I have a pretty good kind of idea where you are. Uh, it's interesting to to see where you where you're working at and that's where you are right now right that's the media sorry the name is
1: yeah um so i work at media, media markt Saturn. Saturn. so it's like a large consumer electronic mm-hmm. retail e-commerce company in europe they they are present in a couple of countries so i don't germany uh, switzerland austria italy netherlands spain um I don't know Turkey, Hungary. Um, so they are uh, like a relatively big big company. That was my first um, like I don't know enterprise uh, job. Uh, before that, I always worked for s- smaller startup companies. Um, so I-, I find it very interesting uh, because also like the challenges are different, um, the the problems uh, that you need to solve are different, and yeah, I think it's uh, quite fun to work here. Um and yeah. Um Yeah, sorry. Um yeah.
0: <clears throat> no, that's okay. Uh, I think you know we could start to wrap up unless you or something else you want to talk about. Is um approaching the end of the time.
1: Um no, I think it's uh it's fine.
0: Okay. We have a couple of uh, questions we have to usually ask, right? So I think most of these is pretty clear, right? Um, you know, how do you feel about the state of education in, in, in the Flutter community right now, uh, with podcasts and everything like that?
1: Um, I think it's um, I think it's pretty good. So I uh, I like to learn from videos uh, most of the time. So I think there are there are lots of great uh, YouTube channels. And also like uh, paid courses online, also both from the community and from the Flutter team. So I think that part is really good. The official documentation is also very good and it's getting better. So uh, I think it's, it's also like if you read an article, maybe two years ago, maybe it's time to take another look at that article because the, uh, the documentation is being improved all the time. Um, I think it's also very, uh, good that, uh, most of the projects, I mean, basically all of the projects that you, or dependencies that you will bring in your, uh, code is open source. So you can look, look up everything on GitHub on pub.dev. You can take a look at the source code. So um, I think that's, that's great to be able to do that because maybe you saw, you see a good plugin that uh, does what you want, and it's, it, you, it's doing something very complicated, and then you can just go on GitHub and figure out how it works. Um, I think also I, I like Twitter for software development-related stuff um, and for Flutter-related stuff. Mm, I think uh, a lot of people share um, like designs or code snippets online or just uh, opinions. I think that's also like a good way to learn more about things. Um, so I, I think it's, it's pretty good, but I think again, if like state of flutter, uh, education or, uh, sorry, um, but, uh, with, with that, I, I think it's also, I think if you are, uh, completely, if you are completely new to programming, me personally, I, I think, I would probably start with a bit of JavaScript, Python, or Java, um, because I think those are the languages where uh, most most of the like training material or educational material is available, um, especially um, for beginners. So I think um, I didn't see a lot of like content with Dart and Flutter that are aimed aimed at um, beginners. Um, but apart from that, if you already know maybe one language, I think the dart as a second language is like a very good choice because I, I think it kind of, so to me, when I started using dart, um, I started, um, uh, so back then I used TypeScript, uh, JavaScript and, uh, a bit of Java. And for me, dart was like the ideal combination of these, uh, these languages because it was not too verbose um but it had like this uh strong strong um um like um type safety and um, i think it was um i think it, it's a great uh it's a great language to learn um and yeah now we have a couple of podcasts um i know that some podcasts are all like there are podcasts in other languages as well, um, so maybe if you speak maybe Spanish or Portuguese, um, or maybe even I, I think I saw some Russian podcasts before. Um, I think it, it's also uh, good to take a look at those podcasts. Um, I listened to the Spanish uh, podcast, and it was I don't it's I think it's also great. Um, and also your podcast, obviously, uh, mine, um, the, the It's All Just podcast. Um, and yeah, I think um, also books. Um, there are great books, free books, uh, paid books as well. So I think um, also a lot of projects have uh, very good documentation. So uh, one example that came to my mind is the block uh, project because I think their documentation could be like its own little book. Uh, I think it's so well written. And if you just read the whole documentation for block, then I think you will have, you will be very, uh, like you will be very effective uh, with block as well. So um, I think it's, I I think, uh, um, yeah, I, I really like the ecosystem so far.
0: Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I think, you know, we have a lot to talk about. And uh, yeah, I love to hear your background and everything. It's, it's always good to hear kind of where people come from and why they discovered Flutter and why they think it's good and this kind of stuff. I'm also hoping to hear from other people who don't like Flutter and maybe decided not to use it, right? We had one guest on the, in, the, in the past who built a desktop app and they didn't use Flutter, although they're using Flutter for mobile apps. So it's love to hear, okay, why did you not do it, right? This hmm. seems like a logical choice. Um, so, okay, uh, do you have any plugs or anything you wanted to, to shout out for? I think you already shout out for your own, It's Flutter yeah. 101. So if you go to flutter101.dev, yes. I believe that's your homepage. And of course you can find your podcast on, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, quite a few others. So we should probably put a couple of links in there. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's the only think, thing that know, know. I want to plug. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, it's right. the most but, important
1: thing to plug, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's that's everything. The, uh, I think the podcast, um, the Flutter One Zero One. So One Zero One. Dev. Uh, you can also just search for the search for Flutter on mo- on most of the important podcast platforms. So I don't know, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and a couple of others. I I also don't really keep track of those. <laughs> I just listed my podcast on a couple of other platforms as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's it.
0: Yeah, I think we lost connection for a moment, but hopefully everything will be good. At least it's at the end. So OK, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I should probably have you back, but it seems like we can never run out of topics to talk about. But it's yeah, um... like mostly not about Flutter. so. <laughs> It's yeah, okay. we can also talk more about Flutter.
1: Um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah. It, it was great to be here, uh, and I'm really glad that you are okay. also doing the podcast. Um, I Yeah, awesome.
0: All right, so thanks for coming. Hopefully, we'll see you again.
1: Yeah. Bye-bye.